you are muted. Oh, I'm I'm using uh I'm using Curie's mic. Oh. Yeah, oh. we share a microphone. <laughs> I forgot. We... The... Oh yeah, I forgot. Okay, I, I am a fool. No, it's all good. <laughs> Things have changed in the past couple of months. Yeah, yeah, it's it has been. Let's see, the last episode I think we did. It came out October fifteenth. It is as of as of recording. It is July sixteenth. It has been uh, nine months. I think. I think nine months sounds about correct. About, I'm not good at math. About correct. I'm not the ultimate math person. Do you know what we all are? What we are, though? We are Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the Danganronpa series one murder at a time. I am your ultimate host, Kyrie. I'm your ultimate co-host, Jennifer Uncle, and also ultimately impressed by that cold open. Uh, I'm Jackie. Um, Inez is not going to be joining us uh, this no. uh, this episode. She actually uh, decided to, that the, that she didn't really want to continue with the podcast um, and Which gave us her blessing we, to continue without her. Um, yep, we completely respect that and like appreciate everything she did uh, for the podcast proper. Um, and it, I'm speaking of, uh, as if like we don't talk with her with her on like a daily basis or anything. Oh yeah, she's she is she is very much. Yeah, she's very much still a part of the crew. So, yeah, she's not yeah. here for the the podcast, but like, you know, yeah. But we're here and we're back. It's a dinosaur story. Yeah. Um. Hot so dogs are everywhere. That really why do is... I remember <laughs> that stupid fucking movie? That really is the case. Um. So, this uh, we're gonna we're gonna try a new thing. We're not doing a real recap. You know, we we used to start everything with like a oh you know a rundown of the events. Um, we're gonna chill a little bit with that because yeah, yeah. The assumption here gonna... is that you have played uh, Danganronpa, um, at least up to the point where we are discussing, and, and we are discussing, uh, we are discussing chapter one, the trial of chapter one. Uh, Danganronpa 2, Super Danganronpa 2. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Um, so let's get right into things. The trial begins, yeah, well, the trial doesn't begin with Biakia is dead, because Biakia has been dead for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Biakia has had, um, we, we kind of, we done found his body. He, he is mm-hmm. very much dead. Um, right. But it start the trial starts out with the ki- with the gang just kind of like, Really confused about the proceedings, which I appreciate. Yeah, and at some point, uh, <laughs> Nagato Komaeda just takes everyone's confusion and is like, hey, instead of doing all this, why don't we just die instead? That seems like a much better result. <laughs> and it was like, no, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I, I thought this trial, this trial was, it had like its ups and downs. I, I think, um, there were points that I legitimately hated, um, but I think overall it kind of moved to kind of stick the landing at the end. I don't think it was the the game putting its best foot forward. Absolutely and not. I definitely think that there were a lot of things that I, I felt like the pacing was fucked on top of a couple other things that I took like personal issue with um, regarding like the writing and 
what they like what the staff thought of their character not the staff thought of their characters but what their characters represent um mm-hmm. it kind of it went in directions i was not a huge fan of it ultimately i, I think it kind of came close to sticking the landing um but i hope the second trial is better uh, I also think I... it's disappointing that Komaeda tips his hand super early into the game. I would, I, I actually really enjoyed him being just vaguely shady, but like legitimate before being like, "Oh yeah, I fucked with the trial." By the way, like, eh, yeah, like it's kind of an interesting thing where you have two options when writing a character like Nagito, like in these games, is like either a they are like actively fucking with everything like from the get-go and tips their hand like from the beginning that we have an understanding of their character like immediately or we spend most of the game just like kind of being vaguely suspicious of Komaeda until they reveal themselves in the like second to last trial or something yeah he's Komaeda was is essentially set up as the um main not really I guess not really a main antagonist more of a rival figure um, and he, but he's kind of sent in Trojan horse, like as like a mentor. And I would have liked it if they delayed the reveal, at least until the second trial, just so that it like, we had more time with normal Komaeda, uh, just to lo- like, because him popping out like that at the very, him popping off like that at the very start was, um, it, it kind of, it lingered a little too long on like the betrayal of it when it was at the end of the day, we, we barely know this guy. <laughs> We just we kind of just met this dude. Have no real reason to trust him. He was shady before. It's not a really big stretch when he's like, "Oh yeah, I fucked with the evidence." It's like, "Yeah, you did." And then he kind of leans. He then kind of just does like a whole "I'm the Joker baby" thing. And I <laughs> I wasn't I. Inez and I did a lot of talking on that, and we were we were not huge on it. It was it was not an effective land. Like it 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 was not effective well jen if i recall correctly you also didn't like nagito at first oh yeah when i played the game well when i first tried to play the game in like 2017 or 2016 i fucking hated komaeda <laughs> like uh within the seeing that happen within the first case it was like why would you do this and why would you do this so early I, I think it's one of those turns that benefits from having a little bit more time within the game in terms of the later cases, because the interesting thing about him popping off this early is it become it it creates this sort of tension where it's like, okay, we have this person who we'd all the characters would really would prefer if he were the one to die instead of this other person, but he's basically going to He's basically... He's going to an, interfere with the trial. Yeah, he's going to be an unknown element for a little bit, and he's going to be a situation where... It, like, it's not like they can just ban him from the trial. It, it's it's one of those situations thing, though, where... is that, like, you could just ignore him. Like, you could just tie him to a post and ignore him, theoretically, <laughs> and that would be how you would solve, like, the Komaeda problem. Um, but more than that, it's like, I don't hate him. I just don't care about him. He's just, he kind of just reveal, he tips his hand immediately. He kind of goes, oh yeah, this is, I'm, you know, super, I'm super fucked up and evil. Actually, I, I ruined all the evidence. I got my dirty little hands all over the evidence. I fucked everything up for you. How, what now master investigator? Um, 
And it was just kind of like, yeah, well, okay. Like, congratulations, Komeda. You're the guy. You're that guy now. Um, well, the reason why he even ruined that stuff is because he was the one who tried to do the murder in the first place. Like, it was yeah, a situation it, where... It doesn't it, sell, though. It, it, like, I think that's the thing. That's the that's kind of the point I'm making, is that it it the game has not sold me on him as an interesting character uh, more than it has uh, sold me on, like, the this murder being, like, thrown for a loop by the fact that there are multiple factors. Like it's like him interfering with the murder is is in it's interesting. Him revealing that he interfered with that he went that he was initially the person to do it, like and kind of gloating about it for a short for a short period of time. Uh, that did not stick for me. That that kind of that kind of had me like groaning. That's fair for sure, especially this early on when you're still kind of getting a bead for who he is as a character. Yeah, you're still getting to know pretty much this this <laughs> cast of characters and like there is a sense of you haven't had a lot of time with them. Like this is actually something that I think this is for future talk, but this is something that I think um Danganronpa V3 deals with a little better is you spend a lot more time in a prologue state and you spend a lot more time with the characters to, like, learn their deal so that it's not just sudden, like, oh, sudden reveals or sudden changes or anything. Well, it's not really the suddenness of the change. It's kind of that the the initial pitch for this, for and this is a problem with a lot of the characters, I find, is that the initial pitch doesn't really sell me for them. It's just kind of like they're there, and this is like, like, fucking Nekomaru being the shit dude. Like Teru, Teru, no, it's not like it. Like it wasn't funny. It's just kind of like unpleasant when he's on the screen. Uh, Teru Teru being, you know, a weird sex pest, and then him getting an undue amount of prominence on the first trial in the game. Like that's like not uh, that's not putting the first the best foot forward. And that and and the pitch is an incredibly important part of selling somebody on a product, on a game, on a show, on a like a novel on uh, on a podcast on on really anything and i feel like diana rampa's biggest issue uh its biggest struggle uh its its own monokuma so to speak is that it really really sucks on selling you on its characters like i i liked a lot of the cast of diana rampa one like after like after playing through six chapters but you shouldn't have to play through six chapters before you like a character or before you get interested in a character, rather. And I think that's kind of where um, this first trial, this first chapter uh, at Rap, kind of leaves me wanting. Um, I really only attached to, I think, Ibuki was the only one that I actually like turned away and was like, oh yeah, you know, immediately memorable, immediately interesting, you know, Great visual design. I can't remember any other characters' names aside from Komaeda, but that's because he's the Joker. What do you think of Gundam Tanaka, the uh, basically the animal expert? I would have loved if he was the mur- if he was like the murderer, because he's an immediately like he has an arresting design. Um, I still ended up forgetting his name, 
Uh, and he has a, but he has an interesting gimmick as well. I feel like if Danganronpa had more characters like him, more characters like Ibuki, more characters like uh, from the first game, um, Toko, I think her name I, I It's been a while. Toko, yeah, Toko, Toko yeah. Um, you know, more characters like like Sakura, more characters that kind of, that were visually arresting, uh, very, um, had a, a strong immediate pitch, and that were a presence, um, and less characters like Hifumi or uh, Teru Teru, who are just fucking unbearable. Yeah, Teru Teru is, like... He is the worst hate, character in Danganronpa so far. And that is a feat. <laughs> yeah, he is competing with Shitman. He's competing. He's competing with Shitman. He's competing with Hifumi. He's competing with like, hey, Taro just with, sucks. He's competing with like how the narrative views Mikan, like how it forces you into like a voyeuristic lens on her, and how she's like sexualized, and her reluctance to be sexualized is sexualized into this fucking awful matrioska of, like, I don't really want to see this pushy, pussy flash. It's not really a, like, it, it doesn't doesn't really have comedic setup. It, it's, it kind of fails as a joke. It's not really eroticism, since it kind of comes out of nowhere, and there's no, like, nothing really going on. Uh, it just makes me feel kind of dirty for looking at it. Um, it's And, like, Teru Teru's whole bit as a character is in competition with that for, like, you know, hey, this is kind of uncomfortable to be party to. Um, and Teru Teru still ends up somehow being worse. Like every line of dialogue from him is awful. Um, genuinely, I, I breathed a sigh of relief when he was dipped into a fucking volcano because which, <laughs> I mean, that was cathartic, but also, wow, that was not really enough. Um, and also another thing about Terror Terror I wasn't a huge fan of is when he starts to lose the shit. I was listening to the Japanese dub, so it wasn't as like pronounced. But yeah, this in, is a in the English problem. Text, he devolves into Haitian Creole when he gets flustered, and all the characters are like, "Oh, haha, he's unintelligible. What is he? What's he saying? You know, translate that for me real quick." And it just like I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, you know, like." A, super i'm not like super mad about it but i think there's something to be said for the horrible optics of taking like a, a majority like a pretty much exclusive like, like a, a not exclusively but like very um majority um you know black region in the u.s and taking the accent that would come from there uh, a majority black region uh, in general just taking the accent that would come from there and then characterizing that as unintelligible and unsophisticated um right and it's like in the Japanese version, it's just a extremely southern accent. Yeah, it's just like a generic hick accent, if I recall. Yeah, like yeah, something like that. The joke I, is that he claims to be from this big food city, like this big, you know, metropolitan area, and he's really a, a country bumpkin. And they just fail to translate that completely into English. Um, and we were we were hashing out on Discord when we were talking about this initially. And I found it absolutely baffling why they didn't go with an extremely overblown, like, Italian accent. <laughs> or even, like, like Italians being mad about food is already a joke. Like, that is already, like, a stock character gag. 
Um, exactly. They could have gone and- with like Swedish chef, like the Swedish chef uh, as like a pitch, like because that is a another stock character archetype of the unintelligible Swedish uh, chef. I think that was started by like Sesame Street or something or Muppets. Uh, the Muppets, yeah, yeah exactly. Muppets. But um, and yeah, it's a could have even done a Deep South accent. They could like. They could have been like some fucked up combination of Hank Hill and Boomhauer. I think I said on the Discord earlier. Yeah, uh, Boomhauer. It's like Boomhauer is an excellent like character example, uh, in a way, of how you do a accent joke in a thing without it like necessarily being like you know. It, it depends on like context yeah it's it's, it's doing an accent joke without having it be like oh haha aren't people from this part of the world why why can't these people talk english good you know aren't these people from this part of the world weird you know exactly and if you have a character like boomhauer the way he just talks just being completely unintelligible is it's like less of an accent joke it's a good goof and it's extremely good goof. it's also a good goof that everybody just knows what he's saying anyway and it's just the audience that's let out of the loop. I think, yeah. if I recall correctly, I haven't watched King of the Hill in oof, many years. Um, I am far removed from most of the media that we are talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not come out of... I, listen, we did the last episode of Despaircast in October, and I immediately retreated into my hermit cave, and I have just exited it now. Uh, to record this episode, I, I have no recollection of anything that happened that has happened in the past nine months, and I do not want to know. As soon as we finish recording this, I'm going right back into my cave. We'll just poke. We'll get you out of it every now and again to record in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, they just kind of outside. Like I have a bunch of like bells set up outside of the, at the mouth of my cave, um, and every every couple of every every episode, Kiri and Jen just go by and they just bad at those bells with the stick and i the jingling wakes me up from hibernation <laughs> i do like chiaki basically stepping in every every once in a while to be like okay we, we really can't end this here but also i'm not entirely sure what i'm doing either so yeah actually, she'll make interjections rules. um i think i think my favorite part Her- of the entire class trial was chiaki literally dropping the line hey uh, Nagito, I'm sorry, but can you just shut, shut? Just can you just be quiet? Can you shut the fuck up? Like, can you can you not speak? Queen shit. It was absolute it was queen, queen shit. shit. It was it was just absolute queen shit. Um, I I love that her catchphrase is basically it's that's wrong. I think, like, her ending her sentences in I think yeah, is she just pretty good. Care. She's she is just she just wants to go right back to playing Halo on her <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those characters who is mostly, well, mostly appears to be asleep at the wheel, and then when something is happening, she kind of peeks out being like, hey, y'all better get your shit together, and then she goes back. She's the most well-adjusted person in the group, That's and the fact that she's a gamer is deeply distressing. Yeah, I like Chiaki a lot, yeah, and cool. I think... Um, like, I like her dynamic with Hajime. Um, like, I think with the, like, you have the triad, basically, that you didn't get in the first game, where you had this supportive, well, actually, you did. You got it with Kyoko. Um, she is, like, 
basically this game's Kyoko, but instead of being a super instead of being like a super detective super genius, she's just like I don't know. Sleepy. She's just there. She is just, she's just sleepy and observant. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, yeah, I guess. She is a witness and a witness only and not even an not, not even one that enjoys being a witness. She is just present physically if not mentally. Um speaking of things that I wasn't mentally present. Um, yeah, no, that was wow. I don't. Speaking of things that um, we were not really present for uh, mentally, um, the I tr- started a segue and I completely forgot where I was going with it. All right, that is a self-demonstrating article. Um, <laughs> but. Let's see what what is what is interesting. Um, was it was it one of the mini games that you played? Oh yeah, like the... those mini games. Whoever whoever sat down and decided that like oh this is how we're gonna explain the mini games needs to be dragged out behind the studio and shot. That was the worst. I have I like I literally did not understand the mini games at all until like I finished playing all of them, and it was like this this could you could have just told me how to do this in like three words. Also, these are really really not good mini games these are just bad to experience yeah like the hangman's gambit was a nightmare to play uh it is made slightly easier like i'm on the pc version it's made slightly easier with a mouse and keyboard yeah that's, but i it's not i initially it's hard it's that it's like it's just why why am i doing this yeah it's like i I understand what the purpose of the minigame is. It's the problem being that the minigames are not that good. Yeah, like, it's, it, it, is, it is a very um, prevalent problem in Danganronpa that I see uh, so far, is that the minigames are simply not very good, and they're an interesting means of like visualizing and and gamifying like these aspects of debate i just wish that they would be like one mini game a trial please god don't make me do more there is one they haven't introduced that is actually don't even tell me i don't i don't (laughs) want to know i want to live in blissful ignorance this is like how i act around league of legends and shit like do not if you explain this to me i will ban you from my discord you will be kicked immediately the first word you speak about these new trial mechanics i am done with you you're getting excommunicated. Well, um, now <laughs> I, I did find I did think it was kind of fun how um, the thing that exonerate the, the thing that exonerates Fuyuhiko is the thing that he didn't want anyone to know about, which is that he actually tried to join the party at some time at some point because he's kind of a sad, lonely person. Oh, and he is absolutely the biggest virgin I have ever seen in a video game. He is like he is just such a baby face. It rules. Um, I I am a big fan of Fuyuhiko. Actually, he, I forgot his name, and I kind of forgot he was a thing because he was kind of a non presence uh, during this chapter. But his entire deal is fantastic. He kind of he is kind of what Byakuya should have been. I think just this obstinate like little shit who is yet to grow into his role, but like he obviously has 
a character arc set up for him. Like he's going to have to grow into this role. He needs to grow up and you get to, and like it teases that like, Oh, you're going to get to see this. Uh, but for now he is a bit of a prick. And I like that a lot. I like how he is set up and I, I like Fuyuhiko a lot. You get, like you said, it teases a lot of development for Fuyuhiko. And I think where they go with Fuyuhiko is a really uh, interesting... They take it in some really interesting places. Uh, another character I really wanted to see more of, Kakoyama. I, I I feel like I say that... I feel like I'm, like, just going to keep saying this until we do see more of her. But she is a fan... She's just fantastic to be around. Like, she definitely hits that sweet spot of, like... um gap moe like samurai woman that general deal if uh, that very specific deal that appeals mostly the jackie <laughs> yes i'm a big sucker for that if you sh- it, literally if you show me that i will die on the spot i simp i i will simp for that character uh, for that entire <laughs> character archetype um the let's see what else what, what else we got on our plate um i my note, like before, before we started recording, I had I had written notes. Uh, they have been consumed uh, somehow. They've either been eaten by my computer or by my phone. I don't remember where I stored them. Um, so if I am doing a lot of hemming and hawing, like I don't know if that's actually the right term, but if I'm doing a lot of like, you know, oh, what else is interesting? That is because this is mostly stream of consciousness. I apologize in advance. This is this is meant to the audience. Like Kiri and Jen know. That I have already fucked up, uh, and they are mercifully <laughs> allowing me on the podcast and not and not sending me back to the to the to the shame cave. <laughs> I I did think the whole uh, the final reveal of the murder weapon is incredibly funny to me because you're basically um, shooting the words meat on the bone. <laughs> that was actually genuinely bone. fantastic. I think that was the only part of the like game of the the game part of this game that i that i actually enjoyed was fucking was fucking putting a meat on the bone Uh, i also did it wrong the first time (laughs) because i had my hand position fucked up so i think it was i think it ended up being like meat bone on the and it looked really dumb because i love the idea of hajime i I love the idea of hajime is actual name i feel like i'm getting it mixed up with Makoto. no you have you nailed it just okay, right nailed it's it hajime. i do like the idea of hajime being like meat bone on thee like <laughs> the terror, terror. like wait that didn't come out right and everybody wondering if he's if he's okay um meat oh. on the bone and then and then monokuma eating the meat on the bone oh yeah the i think um and as pointed this out when we were talking about it, uh, or like off off the podcast, uh, kind of in, in DMs, um, that the actual murder of Biakia is kind of an extension of the fat joke, and that's extremely unfortunate. How he gets yes. like skewered like a pig. Um, yeah, that sucks. It, it that sucks yeah, a lot. It's genuinely bad. I think the whole. I think it's really gross. The fat guy gets killed by a chef with a skewer. Um. It's but like Danganronpa is not a like has kind of shown us that it, it kind of has, t- has tipped its hand in the first game that it is not a very ideologically pretty game. There's a lot kind of going on uh, internally with it that's um, not ideal, <laughs> right. for lack of a better yeah. word. Um, 
and then of course Teru Teru being like you know a weird sex pest like his that being like his core characterization and everything else being secondary is extremely unpleasant and genuinely like I don't know why they saw fit to throw him in there after Hifumi. Like, I don't think there was a Hifumi fan club. I don't think very many people wanted, were like, oh, that Hifumi guy, I love him a lot. He's my favorite character. I don't know why they decided to do Hifumi too, but like worse. Right. And the thing is, like, they, the game is attempting to give him, like, a backstory, like, at the, in the 11th hour. That was the worst. That sucks. It was, like, it, too little too late, you know? It's not even like, too little too late. I just think, like, that was the funniest part is that it immediately went into, like, oh, you know, I have a, you know, I have a mom that I need to take care of. I, you know, I can't die here. I want you to go home. You know, I need to make sure that, and it's like, oh, fuck you, you horrible little shit goblin man. You knew, <laughs> you knew this. You knew this when you, you signed up specifically for this to happen. You know, you, you don't get to, you don't get pathos. You get to, you just eat a dip. Um, if you didn't want Komaeda to do murder, just snitch him out. If you didn't want to, you know, if you wanted to get off the island, maybe you wouldn't do murder when, like, the consequence for doing murder is very explicitly, like, dying. Um, you know, even if, he, like, it's just, it's just, you can't sell him as a sympathetic character. Especially because he is, like, explicitly defined by being a horny, creepy sex pest like yeah exactly yeah no dick penis man here to tell you that i'm sad and it's like that doesn't work you can't like i i do not care (laughs) you can't make me care about the horny guy he's the horny little shrimp man i just don't care i do think his i do think his backstory is supposed to be a little disingenuous because it's doing the same thing the first game did like the first case where they were talking to the baseball player and they were like you know you could have stopped at some point. You could have stopped when she locked herself in that room. And uh, they get into the bit where it's like, well, you you clearly did have... You clearly, even when things were going weird, you did see this as an opportunity to get out of here. You weren't doing this to protect someone, like you claim. Yeah, I mean, Danganronpa obviously doesn't take itself extremely seriously. So Teru Teru's whole alibi is not really something that it it's not like it, it kind of does strike as something that's not initially meant to be path that that's not like wholly meant to be pathos but it just feels like it doesn't know whether to commit to being like this extremely goofy sob story like this extremely cliche sob story that he gives before getting fucking pwned by uh, Manukuma. um but it also like it's just if it, it, it doesn't strike it's not really overblown enough or like goofy enough to really sell i think as a good joke especially because he's also genuinely unpleasant and you do want to see him out of the narrative as quickly as possible exactly like he is just completely unpleasant and the game does like i guess the, the reason i said too little too late is because like I mean, there is an argument for it genuinely trying to elicit pathos. Like, generally trying to be like, oh yeah, you know, territory had reasons. He's under a lot of stress. And it's like, okay, maybe if he wasn't like a horrible sex pest. 
Like exactly. Like, if he wasn't, if he was just like, if he was just a stressed out chef, I think. Like, the, I think that's the biggest fucking shame is that he's not like. Is that like his character? He's like this. He has an actually genuinely interesting talent. Like he is a chef. That cooking is a huge fucking field, and like there's a lot to do with that. You can characterize a chef in a lot of ways and make a chef character interesting. And Danganronpa was somehow less interested in doing that and more interested in creating an obnoxious sex pest guy. I think that's like the big, I think like, okay, there are a lot of bad parts to Teru Teru, but like that is the worst part of Teru Teru. Is that it's how mm-hmm. big of a missed, is that like, it's just such a, he's just such a huge missed opportunity on top of being everything bad that he is, that it's just, it sucks. It, it just genuinely fucking, it just genuinely fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree about that. And it, it's, it, at some point, it kind of feels like it's a shame that uh, it relies so much on you recognizing the stereotypes to solve specific puzzles. Like, uh, the whole bit with the, uh, the way that they make the whole Mikan falling thing plot re- relevant is having Hajime be like, well, you're the horny character. If you if you were in the room, you would have known exactly how she felt like this because everyone else here remembers. And it's like, oh. It's, uh. ex- it's an extremely huge L that he's taken for being the horny dude who A, misses the pussy shot and is now going to die because he missed the pussy shot. Like, ripping fucking pieces. Like the the fact that he turns to Komeda and it's like, please Komeda, unfuck me. And Komeda turns to him and is like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, I I did find it. that very funny. Like that that was actually kind of it was it was an unfortunate goof because it was specifically him being the horny man that like that was meant to be payoff of, but it is kind of like funny in the unfortunate way of. You know that exactly. Hello, everyone. It's me, Kyrie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ultimate Despair Reprise. Real quick, let's get into the shoutouts. First of all, thank you to Scanline Media for hosting this podcast. This network means a lot to me and to the three of us, Six, Jen, and myself. We put in lots of work here. Head over to scanlinemedia.com for more great podcasts, such as Romance of the Two Networks and the Johto Quorum. And if you want to support us financially, go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to over 100 episodes of Oops All Anime, where Six Gen and other guests hash it out over old and new anime. And if you support us at at least $4 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Scanline Tabletop, our actual play podcasts. Lots of great stuff there. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and scanlinemedia.com for more information. Next, a huge shout out to Vetrom for allowing us to use their music for the show. Head over to youtube.com slash vtmprojects, all one word, for remixes from Danganronpa, Pokemon, and Fire Emblem. They even have original stuff with Hatsune Miku. You love, you love her. Obviously, you're on the internet. It's Hatsune Miku. How can you not? Uh, give them a listen. Their remixes are hot. It's really good. Again, that's youtube.com slash vtmprojects for more great music. Lastly but not least, thank you. Yes, you, the listener. 
I know we went through a big unannounced hiatus that lasted for a very long time, but I gotta tell you, it's so good to be back to recording these episodes. UDR is a big passion project of ours, and I'm just still floored by the positive reception to this show. Thank you so much for sticking with us for these past few months, and look forward to new episodes coming soon. Be sure to follow us at at youdespaircast on Twitter. I get the Twitter handle wrong at the end of the episode. It's at youdespaircast at twitter.com. And if you want to send us an email, it's despaircast at gmail.com. Again, big thank you to your support. Can't do it without you. Anyway, that's it for me. For the next episode, we'll be covering the daily life segment of Chapter 2 of Super Danganronpa 2. Catch you next time. Danganronpa. Like, it's an extremely Joker-fied trial, uh, start to finish. We live in a fucking society. Um, but, like, and again, that's kind of why I'm not super going in on how shitty and creepy at points it is and how underwhelming uh, certain aspects were. I get it. Like, it is It is a, this is a game from, I think, 2014, we're saying? 2015? Um. It's closer to like 2012 or 2013 in terms of its initial release. Oh, okay. like, that's uh, even like, yeah, 2012, 2013. Like that's that's when the, I mean, specifically that's the writing of the game is written then. And it has not aged gracefully, I think. And I think, but that's like not a thing that it can control beyond, you know, not being written by a boardroom. You know, like I don't think any game with a budget bigger than say like an indie title is going to be pulling like graceful aging uh, unless it's insanely lucky like uh you know right jen you were saying oh uh yeah i was just gonna be uh specifically with the whole joker thing i, I do get where you're coming from especially this early my, my main issue with that comparison is that the joker's whole thing is that he doesn't re- believe in anything except watching things burn Oh, Komaeda believes in something very specific. Yeah, Komaeda mm-hmm. tells us. tells us outright what he believes in. Uh, the 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 Joker. It's not really. I'm not really comparing him to Joker. I'm kind of comparing the situation to being over to like how the Joker is presented as being in very like overwrought, um, very cliche ways. Um, like I get it. Komaeda's whole deal is essentially a take on how. Um, spectatorship is participation in a sense like he he sets he he wants to set events in motion because he wants you know the heroes to win but like in his own like situation within the within the setting um in text you know the fact that he is a the fact that he is an active participant he is a participant in violence just by virtue of uh i mean not by virtue but very specifically because he leads it to happen because he wants to see the good guys win, but like that's still being a participant in violence. Um, the comparisons to the Joker, I feel, are pretty much just like he. This is overwrought, and the the, the game tips its hand. Uh, you know, as we as we've discussed, it sell it. It says, you know, of course, this is how this is this is Komeido's real goal, and then it spends a little bit too long on that on like on characters reacting to that on reacting on like the 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 lens of the uh of the narrative like reacting to Komaeda with what you're supposed to get with what how you're supposed to react um and it's like 
I don't think I want to spend more than five seconds going, wow, that's insanely fucked up because it's, it's not really, you know, it's not, it's, I get it. It's, you know, it's not an extra, it it is a, it is, it was a clever observation in 2012, I suppose. Uh, It is, it is not a clever observation now. Uh, Komaeda's deal is, uh, at least in this chapter for me, uh, falls flat because the game really oversells how surprising and shocking it is uh, that he yeah. would do these things. But also, I guess it's because I've had it spoiled for me that he's a fu- that he's uh, ex- insanely fucked up. Uh, and you know, the bastard man um, that like you know when he does shady shit in the beginning, it's very much a case of like, oh yeah, he's doing shady shit. I get it. Like, um, it very much like it wasn't surprising. Uh, it wasn't surprising how he fucked with the trial either. It just kind of came as like, oh, that makes sense. That logically follows. And all the characters reacting like, oh, that's, you know, what are you? And he's, you know, we get the CG of him with the wild eyes. And that was cool for like 10 seconds. And then it just really over oversells it. Um, I, I do like the sense of betrayal from Hajime just in terms of like, He's the very first pers- person that reaches out to Hajime when he wakes up on the beach, and he kind of attaches himself to him as like a helper almost. And uh, the way that it it goes from, oh, I'm just going to show you this very specific side of myself, and then I'm going to show you everything else over here. It- it's this nice sense of Hajime being like, actually, I didn't really know this person at all, did I? Fuck. But I feel like I feel like that falls flat because Tomaeda in this in the entire like for the entire first chapter he's creepy like he is creepy he is eerie there is there is something off about him he is like a little too into this whole murder situation thing like he does tip it he, he i mean he doesn't tip his hand all the way but he he is like very obviously there's something going on with him um and the trial kind of rather than letting that be slow burn kind of blows its load immediately uh, and has Komaeda, you know, sell his whole deal. And I'm sure it gets better later because his, because now that he's playing with his cards, you know, revealed, it makes, you know, it it makes it like the game is up to speed with the viewer. I would say like, this is kind of the same uh, instance um, as we talked about the same yeah, the same. It was the same instance of revealing that, like, oh, all their school memories have been gone. It's like, yeah, it, playing an another, playing an entire other game of that setup would be insufferable. Yeah, and that's that's exactly yeah. what I was getting at. Right, and it's like I, I, uh, on some level, I guess I appreciate them at the very least getting it out of the way, <clears throat> so that. Like, they do some very interesting things with Komaeda, like, in the later cases that I think do pay off. But you're right. This The story of this first chapter is one of, like, setups of falling flat and, like, ideas just not working. And it, you're right. It does not put its best foot forward. That being said, I think that there are bits and pieces in this trial that do work. Like, I think... Yeah, there um, are some genuinely good bits in this trial. Uh, like, the character work, I think, is pretty good, especially, you know, two of my favorite characters are still in this game. Um, 
Sonya and Gundam. Like I like them. A whole I I lot. do like Sonya a lot. She she doesn't immediately come to mind, so she's not like as striking as Ibuki say. But like I feel like her deal is pretty good. Like yeah, I enjoyed that at the end of the chapter. It is her basically rallying everybody to try and have like a little bit of hope you know yeah I, she's, like she's which a, is she's a fun character she's just kind of she's just kind of here she chills um yeah her whole deal um i think we made jokes about her like being um like extremely like despite being like literal royalty being extremely pro uh and you know let and, and like having red i think at some point in the discord we joked about her having red lenin um which i mean <laughs> we don't say that about characters we hate um <laughs> uh, uh but yeah fucking cool and I, I like gundam i think his deal is interesting he i i, I don't know if i love the ham I, I don't know if i love the gags that center around like oh he's a he's an edgy chuny edgelord who raises hamsters. I don't know if I love that because I feel like it leans a little too heavily into that goof, but I feel like the general overwrought, like Chinibyo personality can definitely be leaned into for, as a, as a base for other uh, fantastic uh, jokes, punchlines. Well, that's like, it's great because he has like a key piece of evidence that he's been sitting on the entire time, which is the fact that there is a secret passage beneath the storage room that leads into the dining room. And the way he talks about it is like, like involving extremely like, tuny. Exactly, it's, like, it's extremely overwrought. It rules. Um, and I think, about I think like Arthur, opening his opening his fourth eye. Oh yeah, that. that shit whips. I think like as a like again, a lot of like some of Danganronpa's characters like are really only brought down by the fact that like for some reason we get the pervert men. Um generally like gundams very fun to have on screen uh ibuki extremely fun to have on screen uh sonya extremely fun to have on screen um even like and i'm not super huge on uh it was chiaki yeah chiaki i'm not super huge on her still pretty fun to have on screen um yeah fucking even and uh little pervert guy awful genuinely awful uh, even yeah. Mikan is even Mikan. I feel like if 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 she has time to be an actual character instead of just giving us pussy shots constantly, um, or if they come up with better material than just the pussy than just the pussy shots, like it, I feel like you can do a, a a dumb joke about fan service if you like actually give it structure. Like there was no real setup when uh, during the uh, daily life segment where. You know, she flipped and we got a whole fucking view of Recruiter. Like, there like there could have been, you know, if there was, like, an actual setup and a punchline and they did that joke exactly once, like, it would have, la- it probably would have landed. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't, I mean, I'm not a games writer and for good reason. I don't have um, the patience. But, uh, like, you could definitely land a, a, a dumb, bad joke like that, like, as a one-off um mm-hmm. i just think that, yeah like, they need to tone some shit down a little bit and i i guess 
judging by how you talk about the game, like I, I, I assume that they do tone shit down at least a little bit later on. Yeah, like the I think the tone immediate like in chapter two's tone immediately takes a shift and it starts like doing some really interesting like character work. Um, I think this game I still genuinely think this game is pretty excellent. It's just that it's unfortunate that its first chapter is so so bad uh, because the rest of the game does a lot of really fun things with the characters and a lot of really interesting things with its own mechanics. Um, mechanics of like storytelling that it has like borrowed from the first game. Like it is like as an evolution of the first game, it plays with your expectations in some really fun ways. Yeah. It's definitely a game written with the written with the knowledge that you have played Duncan Rampa one before. And yeah. uh, it it decides to twist that in interesting ways. Also a thing that's worth noting, uh Hyoko is noticeably like not as present during this trial that I was expecting. It's another thing in in its favor. Uh very super minor thing, but I also do not like seeing her on the screen. I think I'm putting her down I, I think I will release a tier list, an official tier list. Um and she is like just above F tier. Um Yeah. I like her, her design. Whole... I think her whole deal of like just literally being a bully is not interesting. Yeah, it's like Kyoko has one joke and it's like, oh, she's a cute little girl who says extremely vulgar things. Yeah, like the I think at some point she says she's going to sell like Mikan to a whorehouse. And that's like, OK, yeah, it's meant to cross a line. And it's like, congrats, you crossed the line. Um, At what point are you going to tell a joke with? it? Right. That was for Hiko who said that. Though. Really? That was for you? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Fuhiko is a huge, I mean, huge dick. I think. I mean, he also kind of leans into that aspect. He is a huge dick, and I feel like. But I, I and I'm. Kyo, and as much Kyo as I Kyo dislike gets... that, I, I think at least at least that acts in service to hit. Like, okay, yeah, he's a huge prick. He gets character development later, and I promise. And like, there is a promise that he's not going to be like that. Kyoko doesn't have any obvious character development in that direction. Exactly. Like Kyoko is like. And she does say similar shit. Yes, she does. Um, Way more often, too. Yes. Um, It's like, Hyoko gets like one, like, she gets like one good joke in which she says, if you can't answer a question, she's going to bop you on the head, which is, which only works because it's like, she's just a huge vulgar bully. And it's like, oh, she still thinks in terms of head bopping. But like, that joke by itself does not redeem the rest of her character. She's one of those characters that, like, I think writers would be like, oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun writing this type of character, but actually interacting with that type of character is kind of annoying. Yeah, like, I think she presents a bunch of fun, cool opportunities to drop mean words at people, or at your characters, but, like, does not really... um, scan is extremely fun to read like right yoko's dialogue is has not sold me on her um but that's uh just I, that's that's presumably going to be good right yeah 
that said, what type of things are you kind of looking like? Are there any things that you are looking forward to or like interested in? <laughs> I want him dead. <laughs> I want him dead and buried. <laughs> Next chapter subtitled The Shit Man Dieth. It, it's it's kind of funny to me that that's the character that annoys you the most, at least aside from Terror Terror. Like, that's the thing, like, he's just, it's really just that, like, Neku. how am I going to put this? Nekomaru's whole deal is just extremely unpleasant. Like, I get that he, like, he's meant to be, like, the ultimate coach, but he doesn't really do much of that. And hopefully, I guess he does that that aspect. Again, like, I think a problem with this, with um, Daganronpa is that, like, it doesn't put it, it's like, yes, it for better or for worse, it doesn't um, put its characters uh, like quirks at the center of their personality, at the center of their gags. Um, but the problem with that is like occasionally you'll end up with characters like Teru Teru or Nekumaru, where they have an interesting quirk that should be that that implies something about their personality that doesn't go anywhere, uh, and instead they get some they get some stock gag joke that you get to sit with for six fucking chapters. Um, and that's kind of why I want to see the shit man dead. Also, like, I think it's extremely unpleasant that, like, his entire, like, his character model, like, he's standing looking at you, he's A-posing. You get, like, a very prominent view of his package. Like, you are very much looking at his, at his dick bulbs through his jeans. Um, and, like, Extremely minor double double standard. Like this is a bit of a bit of a digression. Minor double standard. Like the way that Mikan is sexualized and the way that like Nekomaru Nekomaru is like very almost made into like his just shape and the way he's kind of like portrayed as just this disgusting, like filthy shit man. Um like there is a very stark contrast because you can see like Nekomaru's package through his pants, but it's not like sexy or anything like it's not like bara art it's just like look at this guy free balling it this sweaty gross shit man <laughs> i've played this game three times and i've never once noticed his bulge <laughs> <laughs> you need to fuck more men then jen i'm sorry <laughs> 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 I'm more attracted to Varas. That's like, come on, oh, get it together. It's 2020. It's 2020. Um, um, yeah. So, okay. So in that case, I think it is a good place to wrap it here. Uh, unless there are any other lingering thoughts, any other. Uh, ideas that we ha wanted to discuss before we uh, close it out? Um, if there were two astronauts on the moon and one killed the other with a rock, would that be uh, extremely despair-inducing or what? It's kind of nice that we it's kind of nice that we are resuming this in 2020 since they're doing all the Rampa 10th anniversary stuff um alongside this like uh they're doing a bunch of mobile ports and uh like they seem to be setting up different cross promotions and all that sort of stuff with uh some of the actors and all that so 
Yeah, you played a little bit of the mobile port of, like, quick check it on the Danganronpa mobile port. How is the mobile port of Danganronpa 1? It's really fucking good. Like, it runs it runs amazingly well, and having it... I feel like a phone screen is the perfect size for that art, because, like, the PC version of the uh, 2 kind of makes some of the sprites look blown out and stuff like that, but uh, on a phone screen, everything looks super nice. Yeah, I mean, these were PSP games originally. Like, the first few games were on the PSP and later ported to the Vita. And it the small screen works in their favor. Um, but yeah, like, I do believe the three principal games, uh, Danganronpa 1, Super Danganronpa 2, and um, New Danganronpa V3 is going to be on phones. But we're still sticking with the PC version. Um, also, uh, I'm actually going through Inez's old notes um, for the trial right now. And I realized that she actually did uh, do the trial up to the intermission. Um, one thing that she pointed out in her notes that I thought, that thought was really interesting is um, Hinata's eyes have the pupils, ha- not pupils, uh, the irises, have a kind of a circle with a slash through them, which I thought was, which I think is a neat uh, little detail. Um, oh, yeah, the... They really step it up with the eyes in this game. I mean, visually, yeah, like it's a much nicer looking game than the than the than the, than the first one. Uh, but I guess that's just like, you know, the team getting better, and like yeah. you know, it's kind of a par for the course for a sequel. Um, yeah. Let's see what else is interesting. Um, I think we pretty much got it covered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the comic stuff, like like you said about the other art stuff, like the comic book actually looks pretty nice this time around. Uh, when it looked kind of yeah, it's true. The comic book, whatever. Yeah, I I like the comic book. It like, definitely when... feels better than the first game too. Yeah, they definitely cleaned up a lot of different things, and like the music, I think I think the music is even better. But which we didn't really talk about. Oh, but the music like, I fucking yeah, the music still fantastic uh but yeah anyway um if there is nothing else really uh it's that's that's it that's the end uh, we'll go back into hibernation for eight no what am i saying what am i saying we're gonna keep going with this you mean i can't go back into hibernation for for nine months no you cannot we're gonna come back a lot sooner than that Oh, I'm gonna need a lot more salmon and berries for this shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, do we have anything we want to plug or anything before we uh, step out? Um, uh, I guess at at some point, um, I I do. If you like Tengenrampa and you like visual novels, I do have a visual novel podcast called Novel Not New, a True N podcast, which you can get to by going to readinggames.online. By the time this is up, there should be an episode on Kindred Spirits on the Roof, which we played for it. And, uh, yeah, we, we have a talk about that one. Is it good? I've been to play it. Um, it has some very good elements to it, but then there's the bit where, um, like, there's the bit where there's a student-teacher relationship, and that fucking sucks. Yeah. I think yeah. works. I, I think, I think that's, I think, yeah. Yeah. On some level, um, it's uh, I think works are allowed to be. I mean, 
not allowed to be like problematic, but I think there's room for problematic works in, um, in that, in that, like, yeah, that's, that's an entirely other debate. Like that's not worth really going. Yeah. We're all, we already have one problematic Vanga, uh, nah, I almost said Vanga novel. Yeah, we have, <laughs> I don't know. Vanga we novel have a prob- is my next, uh, is my next game. Um, in it, the entire cast is, uh, disgusting shit men and, uh, <laughs> horny little pervert dudes um and uh instead of killing each other they um they all just make out yeah let's just go for that then <laughs> i wasn't going there <laughs> all right kiri like if that's what floats your boat i i, I, I <laughs> fucking horny little shitman fan <laughs> <laughs> follow us at despaircast on twitter.com that is where you'll find us posting um yeah posting nope there you go yep <laughs> posting we all have episodes posting. Up. yeah the next episode next episode uh we will be covering the daily life segment of chapter two of this game super Rampa 2 so look out for that and we will be back sooner than nine months. I promise. It's uh, 2020. We're still in. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't promise. You never know what could happen. Um, it's still. Listen. It's not like we have anything better to do. We're still in lockdown, baby. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I, I guess that's true. I've been in a cave for. I, I'm always in lockdown. I've been in a cave for the past nine months. Um. Anyway, uh, with that said, uh, I've been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been Jackie. Class dismissed, everybody. Bye.